So Carolyn went in and told me about someone that went in because of my show. Told her that she heard about Carolyn from the Dyke show. Got some free jewelry. Badass. Thank you for whoever did that. Um, Carolyn. Piercings by Carolyn on all social media. You can go in there any weekend and get the $20 above the waist piercings plus $40 dermals, cheeks, and surface bars, which is dope. Go in there and tell her that I sent you and uh, you will get free jewelry. Thanks for the support, guys, on that one. Eat me teas. Eat underscore me underscore T-E-E-Z's. You know, people have been checking them out, man. My numbers are up. So to the listeners who have been checking that out and ordering, thank you. That's uh, dope. Much much needed money in my life. I'm always kind of um, tight. So yeah, that's all extra for me. So appreciate the support there, guys. Once again, eat underscore me underscore T's. Go check them out. Um, I don't know how many prides are left in the year, but if you want a t-shirt for a pride festival, I've got a pretty good one. Um, honestly, that's like the best place to wear my shirts is the pride festivals. Cause people aren't going to mind you having, you know, shirts to say that she likes my strap on better, you know? Yeah. So, uh, hello and be right back. <laughs> Saturday morning or whatever morning it is or time of day that you're listening to the show happy that um this week has been shit both uh figuratively and literally (laughs) wound up in the um emergency room Wednesday night and um I hate going to the emergency room. I hate going to any doctor, to be honest with you. Like, I've seen so many doctors in my life that I'm at a point where I just fucking hate. I dread it. I dread going in there. I dread going in there for a few reasons. One, they judge the crap out of me. And um, in New Mexico, it wasn't so bad. A lot of a lot of the doctors in New Mexico have tattoos. Um, shit, there's professors at the colleges there that are, like, more covered than I am. And uh, my dad, my dad worked in the orthopedic department of a hospital for the majority of my life and before my life. Um, he, that was the only job he ever had. And he's sleeved up and back's done and hands, knuckles, everything, like all of it. He's covered. And um, so there, I, I don't think that New Mexico has quite the drug ep- epidemic that Florida has. And I get it. I get it. I get that there's um, an opiate thing going on right now. And I get that a lot of people are ODing on drugs and a lot of those people are getting addicted to drugs um, because of painkillers and Xanax. And my opinion on that is if everybody would start smoking weed, no one would be getting addicted. Denver is actually seeing a decrease in opiate overdoses since they legalized marijuana, you guys. That says something huge. And if Florida's got such a opioid crisis, maybe they should uh, take a few plays from the playbook of old Denver over there because they seem to know what they're doing. They're making billions of dollars a year, and uh, and their state is flourishing. They are getting to send their kids to college for free. Um, it's pretty intense over there right now. I really feel like financially, for if no other reason, these older people who can't seem to change their mind on what weed would do um, look at the financial benefits of it and look at the statistics and see if that doesn't change your mind. But yeah, okay, so back to going into the emergency room. Um, 
in New Mexico, they uh, when you go into the emergency room, they they listen to you, they they see what's wrong with you, they throw you through tests, and when they come back with those tests, they uh, come back with you know pictures and answers for you, and basically tell you what you need to do to keep you um, over until you can see the doctor that you need to see for it. They'll give you some pain relief in any shape or form. Um, and then they'll send you on your way with a referral. Florida pretty much does the same thing, except for they don't tell you what's wrong with you very well. They hand you a piece of paper that has, um, like, words on it that you don't understand. Like, otherwise grossly unremarkable underneath your bladder. (laughs) I had a freak out about this one, you guys. So they hand me this piece of paper and um, my gallbladder is gone. So, you know, they put that it's it's gone and um, they talk about what's going on with my intestines, which is the medical condition I'm dealing with right now. Um, I'm in pretty good health, according to this paper, but I'm just carrying around a lot of shit. <laughs> Anyway, so then they get down to, like, the bladder area, and it says, um, impactly distended, otherwise grossly unremarkable. And I was just like, what the fuck does grossly unremarkable mean? And and so I started thinking about it, and I... I, um, wound up getting the answers from my real doctor the next day. Basically, my kidney is double the size because of um, because of doctors just being bad doctors, basically. I went into the emergency room back in 2011. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't move. And um, after getting a CT scan and ultrasound, they told me that they had to do emergency surgery on my gallbladder and take it out. So I got... This is like the day before, uh, two days before my 31st birthday. So the day before my 31st birthday, I went into surgery to have my um, gallbladder taken out and spent my 31st birthday on the couch recovering, eating pizza and watching movies. Um, And then in October of, was it 2015? Yeah, 2014. Um, I got sick as fuck. My same area where the gallbladder was was in so much pain. I could barely move. I end up at the emergency room, and they tell me that they think I have a really bad kidney infection and kidney stones. So they put me in the little, like, room to leave, and... um, the doctor comes back in after reading my test from the CT scan that I had just had. I've had so many CT scans in my life. It's ridiculous. Um, anywho, so he goes, I'd like to know why in 2011 you didn't get the growth on your kidney taken care of. And I was like, what? The growth on my kidney? What are you talking about? And he's like, the doctors didn't tell you back in 2011 that you had a growth on the, your kidney the size of a gumball. And I was like, no. He goes, well, now it's the size of a grapefruit. And they admitted me into the hospital. I had to have a bag going out of my back. Um, They were draining my kidney into a bag until they could figure out what was going on with my kidney. They put me through a bunch of tests and found out that a blood vessel had grown over my ureter tube and pinched it shut. And so my kidney had decided to grow an extra pouch to hold the liquid and was at a point where it was so bad that it was going to explode that and it was getting infected because the liquid was just like sitting in there and not going anywhere. So lived with that pouch for like a month. Then I went into surgery to have that fixed. The doctor that I went into that surgery with was too busy looking at my tattoos and my dreads. And I'm emotional when these things happen. I have OCD. And when things are happening with my body, um, it fucks with me bad. Because like one thing that I can keep control of all the time is me, myself, and I, but I cannot control what my body is doing. And when it's something that I wish I could control, it fucks with me that I can't control it. So I get a little emotional when I'm sitting there having a doctor tell me that I have to have another surgery. My body's not doing what it's supposed to do or whatever. 
And um, so, yeah, so this guy declared me as a drug addict instant. Um, he didn't know me. Just so you know, guys, I, I fucking hate painkillers. Like, even through this whole situation that I'm going through right now and I'm dealing with a bunch of um, pain, I've decided to tell not to ask for painkillers from the doctors. So um, go into the surgery. Everything went fine with the surgery. Um, they watched me overnight and sent me home the next day. And within eight hours, I'm sitting on my couch at home, and I'm like, wow, this doesn't feel right. Like, I feel... Like, this isn't right. And um, I had already had my gallbladder out, so I knew what the healing was supposed to be like. And I asked the doctor, you know, was it going to be about the same as the gallbladder? And they said, yeah, it's the same type of surgery. It should be the same. And I knew it wasn't, and I started busting out a fever. So I uh, didn't have anybody to help me in my life. So I called the ambulance to take me back to the hospital because there was no way I could drive myself back. And... Um, get there they put me they give me medicine for the pain because at that point I was in such pain I couldn't move and they put me in a room and decide to watch me for 24 hours and they say that I'm good and they send me on my merry way again and I was like all right maybe you know maybe it was just because I had stayed in the hospital a little bit longer than no I hadn't it was the same amount of time for the gallbladder <laughs> anyways so I get home and a friend of mine who lived down the street was like, dude, just come hang out with me. I'll keep an eye on you and um, everything like that. And so no one ever believed me. No one ever believes me. It's weird. So we're sitting there. We're chilling. And I'm, I know I, I feel like shit. The pain starts coming back because I'm pretty sure the meds had started to wear off. I start busting out a fever. I go into the bathroom. I keep throwing up and... My friend and his boyfriend and this girl that was supposedly interested in me was there, and they were all drinking, and so uh, they had decided that they wanted to go out, and I'm sitting on the couch. I'd just gotten done throwing up in the bathroom, and I, I knew, like, I knew I was getting really bad, and they're like, hey, dude, let's go, let's go fucking get drunk. Let's go, let's go to the brewery, and I'm like, I can't go anywhere, you guys. I'm probably going back to the hospital. They're like oh, well, we can take you home and you can call the ambulance. And so they took me home. I called the ambulance to take me to the hospital and they all went and got drunk. So thanks for that one, you guys. Um, get back into the hospital. I walk into the emergency, well, I'm rolled into the emergency room. I'm sitting in the room where the emergency doctor comes in and she goes, hun, she goes, I just got off the phone with your surgeon. We know you're here for the painkillers. And we're not going to give you them anymore. And I looked at her and I was like, I'm not here for the painkillers. And I got really upset and I was all, look, either you see me right now, you admit me right now. I go, I'm coming back into this hospital either with a lawyer or dead. And I think she knew I was pretty serious. And so she left and she goes, she called my surgeon again and they said, fine. Admit her overnight, but with no painkillers. And I'm like, fine, I don't give a fuck about the painkillers at this point. I just want, like, something's wrong with me. So I get up in the room. I wait there for 24 hours, and no one comes and sees me. No doctors, no surgeon, no nothing, except for the nurses. The nurses are doing their every four-hour rounds. And finally, at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, I knew, like, I was on my way out. Like, my, my, I couldn't move. My, I couldn't breathe. It hurt to talk. Like, the, to get my nurse's attention while she was doing my blood pressure, I, like, pulled on her um, outfit. And she was like, what's up, honey? I was like, I need another doctor. I'm dying. And she goes, oh, hun, you're not dying. I go, yeah, yeah, I am. I was like, can I see another doctor? And she got me the nurse advocate. The nurse advocate came in. And from there, it moved really quickly. It was kind of crazy. I've, I don't think I've gotten ever better service at a hospital. They threw me into a CT scan with contrast, which is something that my other doctor had not done. He had done the CT scans, but he was not doing it with contrast. Um, within 20 minutes of the CT scan, the doctor was in my in my room. And he's like, your colon is about to explode. And you have a liquid in between your colon and your kidney that I can't I can't explain, so we're going to put you on this antibiotic for a disease called C. diff. Um, we need to get you medicated right away. And he's like, are you in pain? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain. And he's like, why are you not on painkillers? And I told him that my doctor thought that I was there for painkillers. And he um, he threw me on Dilaudid, um, the drip. And so 
that was at like, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning that all this started to happen. The next morning, the surgeon that thought I was a drug addict walked in and he um, started yelling at the nurse for giving me Dilaudid, started asking what doctor approved it. I mean, he was pissed. And um, right when he was doing it, the head of surgery walked in and I guess they had asked, he had asked for them to inform him when he was here and he straight up told the doctor right there that he was not allowed to come in my room again and how dare he um do what he did and that I could have died if he wouldn't have if he would have waited as long as he did to come and see me and so um at the end of that I couldn't walk for um I didn't walk from the 20 the 20th of November until the 1st of December I couldn't walk I got out of the hospital on the 1st of December, and I got a huge apology from the hospital. I had both the uh, head of defectious disease control and the head of surgery in my room apologizing to me and telling me that that doctor was going to be reprimanded. I don't know what ever happened with it. No lawyer was ever willing to take um, the case. So, yeah. So, anyway, so when I walk into a hospital, I'm worried about that, and that's what I get. I do get that, especially here in Florida. I get it a lot here in Florida. As a matter of fact, yesterday I went to go see a doctor that's supposed to specialize in what it is that's going on with me, and... Um, she saw me right away and the look on her face, I can see they, they don't have poker faces and I could see it in the look on her face as soon as she walked in the room. Like it was the stunned look and I'm, I just don't get it because I don't look, you guys, I don't feel like I look, I, I feel like I look like a tattooed hippie. That's my goal anyways. I don't really feel like I look like, like a tattooed demon, <laughs> but that's what these people look at me like. And so she, uh. She asked me why I was there, and I was explaining to her about the whole C. diff thing and how bad it was. I was like, you know, I, I almost died from C. diff, and um, now, you know, because of this situation, um, because, you know, the doctor saw my dreads and my tattoos, I am having some serious intestinal issues, and I started going into that, and she goes, can you just get to the point of why you're here? And I was like, excuse me? I was like, that's what I was doing. I was telling you all that, and she goes... She goes, I don't need you telling me about lawyers and all this other stuff. I just need you to tell me what you're here for. And you guys, just so you know, I had never mentioned the word lawyer at all. Like, I didn't say lawyer. I didn't even mention, like, I didn't even mention, like, the whole part about the being in the hospital 24 hours and or and not having my doctor in. All I told her was that I was in the hospital um, for 24 hours after the surgery and they found out that I had C. diff and that I was almost dying from it. And they had to give me a special antibiotic and fly it in because I'm allergic to the antibiotic for C. diff. That's where I got to in the story. And that's all I said. And then I started saying, and then since then, and as soon as I said, and then since then, she was like, can you just get to the point? So clearly she started automatically thinking lawsuit for some reason. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, so obviously you've got discriminatory problems with me and I was and she's like you might need to go see another doctor and I was like excuse me I go I already paid you 65 bucks to be here and she was like oh well we'll just refund your money and I was okay so who do I go see well there's this guy Joseph he's really good you can go see him call your doctor and they'll get you a referral over to him so I leave the building and I was like you guys I was in tears like I haven't eaten in two days. And this lady was supposed to be a doctor that listened to me and helped me. And she didn't do it. I guess the money wasn't enough for her. Maybe maybe they say broke, which is crazy to me because if they knew how much tattoos cost, like it, it's someone that's this covered with as good of work as I have. I have good work. I don't have shit on me. Like I would have if I if I wasn't lucky enough to be dating tattoos for, tattoo artists for fucking seven years of my life six years of my life I would have paid a crap load of money for all my tattoos like a lot <laughs> so yeah so that's my experience with doctors I have an appointment with this guy Joseph on the eleventh and I'm really hoping that he's the reviews on I went to I learned to go read reviews so I went and I read the review on him and it says that he's not like other doctors he actually cares so that's why I'm going to him now and uh yeah so yeah I found out on um I'm sorry you guys my phone was on 
noise. My bad. Um, yeah, so I found out on Wednesday that my kidney that's double the size is otherwise grossly unremarkable. <laughs> so I feel special now. All right, sorry about that rant, or maybe I'm not. I mean, you guys are going to hear my stories eventually. That's kind of the whole point of the show. A lot of people have told me I should write a book, you guys, and I just... <sighs> to pay a ghostwriter. Hmm. Might be expensive as fuck. All right, so this do this week's uh, Build-A-Dyke. I had to ask somebody to let me do a Build-A-Dyke for them because I don't think that people understand because my first... Um, my first one was kind of shitty because I didn't really write notes and stuff like that. So let's let me set let me set a visual for you guys. You walk into the mall and you're shopping and you see this storefront and over the door it says build a dike. And you walk in there, and this lady greets you like, hello, welcome to Build-A-Dyke. How may I help you today? And you go, I want to custom make a dike. And she starts walking you through the process. What I want you guys to give me is everything that you would tell that lady that you wanted in a lesbian. So that way, when you do the little circle in the building, like, you know, you go... You pick out what she looks like. You pick out what's on inside of her. You pick out her heart. You pick out what she does for a living. You pick out outfits. You pick out all that stuff. And then you come to the register. When you come to the register, tell me what you are bringing to the register. And I will tell everybody what you brought to the register. And if she's out there listening, she's going to hit you up on social media and you will have gone through Build a Dyke Factory. So let's do this, you guys. Hit me up. Email me it. I've got an email now. If you guys would like to send it to me via email, they go straight to my phone. It's thedykeshow at gmail.com. Easy fucking peasy. Just send me that shit. So my buddy who believes in me and who is willing to give me a Build a Dyke this week, thank you. Her name is Danny. You can go on my uh, Facebook and you can look at my friends list and you can see her name there. It's D-A-N-I and then M-U-L-T-E-R. I'm not even going to try to say that. You guys know I butcher names, so I'll just spell it for you. Um, she's a stud and um, she's very, she's, she's for what I've seen from Facebook and um seen her personality via comments and groups that we are in together. She's, she's a good woman. She's not that, that player stud. Um, so yeah, here's what she would do if she walked into a build a dike factory. Um, she didn't really care too much about the physicals. She did say that, uh, pretty eyes and thick thighs and tattoos gets kudos. So, um, if you got those three, uh, you qualify looks wise. <laughs> and then, um, okay, so mainly what she wants is a woman who is confident, someone who can hold their own and isn't afraid of challenges uh, to go out to go after what they want, which um, I feel like everybody should be doing that. <laughs> a woman who works hard and plays hard. Yep, yep. Um, that's like my biggest thing is if I work hard, I play harder. Um, someone who is fun and full of life, a woman who is sensual, sexual, and knows what her soul craves, affection. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what everybody's hoping for. Like, all right, and so it says uh, she needs to love music, animals, and long rides in cars, holding hands. She should have a good head on her shoulders and be a go-getter. So... If any of my femme lesbian listeners are single and fit that description and would like to say hi to Danny, please do so. Um, and then future people, if you want me to do your build a dike, um, you can even send me pictures. 
you can do whatever you want. Like, I want a girl with these eyes. Just let me know. You can DM me on either Instagram or Facebook. And then you can now email me at thedykeshow at gmail.com. Okay? All right. So that's Build a Dyke for this show. If you do a Build a Dyke on my show and it successfully gets you a woman, please let me know. Because I'd like to share those with everybody. That would be dope to see if it was actually working. Um, so, yeah. So, let's start off with the... Or let's start off with... We're way into this bitch to be starting, aren't we, you guys? <laughs> God. Um, let's get into IG, Instagram. And um, I'm going to shout out two Instagrams this week. Um, I'm going to start off with, uh, she hall production. It's just all one word. She hall, like you hall production, which genius name you guys. Um, <clears throat> they are a productions company out of Albuquerque and they are doing, um, lesbian events and gay friendly events. Uh, focusing on women, though, um, throughout Albuquerque. It looks like they keep using the same venue, but I'll say throughout Albuquerque because I don't know that um, specifics on that. Uh, it looks fun. I kind of wish that um, they would have been around when I lived there because there's a few events here that look like it was fairly packed. Um, they have go-go dancers, and, you know, it's a, it's a lesbian event. So... Go check them out. Uh, they have a very dear friend of mine or someone that I consider very dear to my heart, um, DJ Anita. She um, is a very good DJ, and I have enjoyed dancing to her many a nights. And so she does DJing for their event, which is dope. Picked a good DJ. <laughs> There's also another one there, my friend Hunter. She's um, she's a really good DJ. They, bo they both used to DJ the prides and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I used to have a lot of good times with both, both of those DJs in Albuquerque. So um, go check them out. I was surprised with how many followers they have. I know Albuquerque has a pretty decent amount of lesbians, and then I know like Santa Fe and all the surrounding areas does too. So there's no reason for you guys not to have this page and see this event. It looks like a really good one. Go check it out. Once again, it's um, She Hall Production um, on Instagram. And uh, yeah, maybe when I'm in town, I'll come and check out one of those events. All right, so the next one is um, Lesbian in Pink. It's lesbian.in.pink. Um, this chick's page is cool. It's, it's all pink, um, as you can guess. And it's just a bunch of lesbian stuff, and it's all pink backgrounds, pink monotone. Um, yeah, some quotes that are in there and good art. It's a fun one to see. I, I see them every morning when she posts stuff. So go check out that page, um, lesbian.in.pink. Uh, she's got like 187, 82 pictures put up. Cool. There's some good ones there. There's one of, um, I believe it's Catwoman and uh, Wonder Woman making out that I really liked. And... Um, There's one of popcorn. So um, this week I'm only going to do um, a question. I think because for time-wise, now that I'm doing that Build-A-Dyke segment and because of my rants, um, I'm only going to do one question a week. I'm not getting as many of them um, as I thought I was going to. I had that one girl send me a bunch, and then it kind of got really slow. So... Um, I'm going to answer a question each week, um, and then we'll go into the interview. So this week is how do I feel about pride? Um, <clears throat> so I've been to big city prides, and I've been to small city prides, and I really just think it depends on which one you're going to. But uh, 
these are the prides I've been to. I've been to, my first pride was Albuquerque. I've been to like three of those or four of those. And then Denver, Denver, I've been to one. And um, then I've been to Fort Pierce three times, kind of. Like the first time I went to it, I was all into it. And the last two times I've just been like, I dip in and out and I just don't stay very long. And then I've been to Miami Pride, Fort Lauderdale Pride, and St. Pete Pride. Um, Albuquerque Pride was high school for me. I felt, especially at the events after, I felt like I was at a really bad high school prom celebration thing. Um, the first two years I was there, there was a water park there that threw this big ass thing, and that was fun. Um, unfortunately, like where the dance floors were and stuff like that was more of the prom atmosphere, which was silly to me. I was expecting like people to actually be dancing and there was a pool that I felt like should have been full. Um, but yeah, so that was okay. I mean, they're cool. I wasn't like blown away. Um, Miami pride was fucking epic. Uh, Miami pride is held right on South beach, which is a very gay friendly area anyways. Um, so it was pretty dope cause like you had like the whole pride event and then you'd walk through like some, you know, tall grass and you were at the beach and it was really beautiful water and beach. And so it's a, it's a dope pride to go to, um, Fort Pierce Pride, I just wish more people would get involved with. Denver Pride, let me tell you how big Denver Pride is. Are you ready for this, lesbians? You're not even going to believe it. Denver Pride is so big that the year after I broke up with my first girlfriend, I went to Denver Pride with my second girlfriend. And um, my first girlfriend went to Pride with her new girlfriend. And we never even saw each other. It was beautiful. I didn't even find out until like a year later that she was there. I was telling her that I went to Denver Pride and she was like, what? You went to that Denver Pride? I was there too. And uh, we didn't run into each other. We didn't even know each other was there. So that was beautiful. Um, that's how big Denver Pride is. It's huge. Especially now that they're 420 friendly. It's just fucking massive. They even have like smoke areas. It's it's a good, it's a good pride to travel to. Um, but if you're going to spend money to fly... Or you're going to spend money on a hotel room to stay. The pride I suggest you go to is St. Pete Pride. Um, it's It was so packed, you guys. I've never seen so many gay people in one area in my life. Like, even with how big Denver Pride is. Like, take that and times it by two. St. Pete is huge because it's right on that, like, armpit area of Fort of Florida and so, like, Louisiana comes in, Alabama comes in, Mississippi comes in. Like, all these states that border right there in that little corner of Florida, they all come to this. And it's beautiful. Like, St. Pete itself is beautiful. You've got the Gulf of Mexico. You've got the blue water, the white beaches. It's Hotels are badass, and they're right on the beach. Like, you've got a, it's a dope place to have a pride. Um I went there, there was like five DJ booths that I saw and um, it was packed, every single one of them. Every single dance floor was packed. They had vendors, every single vendor had lines. Like it was so many people. There was so many people. <laughs> the parade lasted, I think it was like four hours long. It was the longest parade I've ever seen. It pretty much was the the duration of the pride. It was so crazy because like I was leaving and the parade was still going and it was past the time that the parade, that the pride itself was supposed to get over. Now they had started later than they were supposed to by like a half an hour, I think it was, but still like it was going when I was leaving. Um, so yeah, if you're ever going to spend money to go to pride, go to that. So my opinion on pride is I just prefer the bigger ones. I, I, I like being around a lot of people. I like it not being like a, you know, everybody their situation. Like it's not all your classmates, um, type thing. That's what I mean when I say high school, it's like, they're all the people that you've known and hung out with and there's no one new and it, there's, you know, no one's dancing. Everybody's sitting up against the wall, you know, and holding their drink versus, um, like dancing and stuff like that. So 
This week I'm interviewing uh, Kemi. She's a body positive activist and a curve model in London. Super excited for this conversation, you guys. Um, She's all about spreading love in... um, just really building women up. And I'm super excited that I got her to come on my show. I kind of hunted her down and said, hey, I want you to interview on my show. So that's what you guys are about to hear. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you're having a wonderful day. I am back with my interview with Kemi in London. It's uh, 10 o'clock, a little bit past 10 o'clock at night over there. So thanks for uh, doing the late night conversation with me. (laughs) It's okay. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, go ahead and tell my listeners a little bit about you. Give me like a brief, uh, this is who I am. Okay, so I am Kemi, I am 24, I am a curved model and mind and body positive activist. I love to sing, play guitar and just inspire people. Um, my, I'm on Instagram which is officially Kemi and if you want to get involved in our movement which is at Curve UK, but we'll talk about that later. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and I'll have I'll have you re um, shout those out at the end of the show so everybody can go and yeah. you know kind of find you at the end and they can check you out. I I love your Instagram. Um, I saw you on Thank Instagram you. and I saw how beautiful you are and I love the fact that you are a curve model and I love the fact that you are doing such positive uh, body positive stuff on your Instagram and so that's why I hit you up and asked you to do this interview. I really just felt like I wanted to to speak to you and then I find out that you're in London so that's amazing. Do you, do you love it over there in London? <laughs> you know what I actually do? I actually, I, I love London. I can't lie. I love the nightlife. I love, I love the variety of people. Like I've always grown up in a very multicultural area, so it's just so many beautiful parts of London, and doesn't get enough love. Show London some love. Oh, I I would love to visit London. I I went to um, Italy once and I had I had a blast there and it just makes me want to travel the world. And London is definitely on my uh, wish list of places to go. (laughs) We are very friendly, despite what people may think. See, I've always heard, I've heard that it's friendly over there. I've never heard anything. Uh, yeah. I heard that it's cold. That's the only negative thing that I've ever heard is that it rains or that it's cold. Oh, it can rain. It can snow. It can pour down with rocks all in one day. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And so what's the, uh, what's the gay community like over there in London? Is it a, is it, um, is it open or is it hush hush? It is epic. It yeah. is open, it is everywhere, like, but it's such, a, like, look, obviously we have our, um, in central London, we have Soho, which all of that is literally just, like, a gay community, like, even even if it's not, like, so much a, a gay pub, it will have, like, rainbow flags, like, the whole strip, like, it's basically, like, a big, like, square strip area, and it's just gay clubs, there's uh, loads of gay bars, the community is just absolutely beautiful it's so welcoming mm. and obviously like with pride is like around there it's just so like it's okay to be gay it's fabulous to be gay you just better yeah. be yourself or why are you here kind of thing you know yeah yeah and so in this so the straight people are very accepting as well oh yeah they even have in um our gay club heaven they even have monday which is dedicated to straight people oh, that's they love I know they feel so safe there, and it's just, it's just such a good night. Like, everyone's so friendly. Of course, how could you not love us? You know, right, right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's you know, it's where I'm from. It's not as you 
the straight people are not very um, nice to gay people. I've been yelled at dyke out car windows before and stuff like that. So whenever I hear of places that are actually friendly, it makes me feel good. It's like, yes, there are places that are, you know, everybody's friendly towards gay people. And it's not so much about, you know, who you are. It's just a matter of as long as you're a good person and whatnot. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. if anyone was to speak like like that to you in London, I, I'm pretty sure, pretty positive that people would stand up for you and back you. That's because cool. why would you want to hate on someone regardless, you know? Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So what uh, what age did you know that you were a lesbian? Well, I feel like I have stages. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a little thotler, but honestly, like, in, um, in primary school, I, I would say. So, like, when I was probably in about... Year three, maybe year four. So I was very young. And um, I had certain, like, innocent experiences, even though know, my girl best friend. And I didn't really think nothing of it. I'm not going to lie. Until I look back on it, I'm just like, wow, you were a little lesbian since then. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And then, <laughs> so, yeah, that happened a few times with my, with my best friend at the time. And then, so I grew up with um, a gay nan and a gay aunt. So I used to go camping every year with my aunt and her wife and that they all had, like, their gay women friends and their kids there. So, like, it wasn't really anything, like, that phased me. Yeah. But I remember as I got older, (laughs) and, I mean, I'm not going to mention who it is. God forbid that this woman finds out. But there was a woman there one time. And I was just fascinated. But, like, I was too fascinated. I was just... And I was still young, but, like, I was in... I think... You know what? No, I might have even been in college. Oh, no, I couldn't have been. I Between secondary school age, yeah, I was just a bit too fascinated. And I'm just like, why? Why am I so fascinated with this woman? I didn't have any, like, idea. But I just knew that, you know, something about this woman, like, yeah. yes, please. Yeah. And then in secondary school, yeah, I had the se- another, you know, gay experience with my, one of my best friends. That's when I was like oh, my gosh, but I'm not a lesbian. But I was like, come here, let me touch Fanny. Like, you know, clearly was a lesbian. <laughs> and I went to an all-girls school, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. But, um, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered but what I it think- would be like to be a lesbian in an all-girls school. I think that I would have been, <laughs> I think I would have been horrible, to be honest with you. You would have been heaven. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like heaven to me, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think... Mainly when I was around the age of 17, there was this band called Dushy, um, this girl group that, like from London. And there was this one girl in it. And I, when I thought I was obsessed with the last one, I was obsessed. I was like, I love this woman. Like, I love this woman. Like, I want to marry this woman. Like, even though I didn't know that like, we didn't know each other on a, yeah. on, you know, like a bro to bro. But I was in love. Like, I guess how people love Justin Bieber, but, like, for me, I was in love with this girl. And I was like, Kemi, this is not normal for me. Like, this isn't, this is, this is something you've not really, like, expressed before. Like, this Mm -hmm. this is different. We need to talk about this. And then, uh, long story short, I basically came out to my friends as bi, because, you know, that's, like, the safe option when it... Yeah, I was, I did the whole bi thing, thing too, for, like, two years. Yeah. Didn't we all? (laughs) But, yeah, and then about... So I came out as bi, and one of my best friends came out as bi, like, months before, so I was like, crap, I can't even say that. She's going to think I'm copying her, like, so silly. And then we started going out to, like, gay scenes and stuff when I was, like, 18, 19... And my friend's like, you know you're gay. I was like, uh, whatever, I don't know. I was like, why would you say that? And she's like, because you never talk about men. And I'm like, meh, doesn't mean I'm gay, you know. In the biggest denial, like, wow, I was so gay. So gay. And then changed my um, relationship um, interest on Facebook from men and women to just women. And that big relief came over me. I was like, whoo. Yes, she was right. <laughs> Your girl's gay. It's Facebook official. It's a face, so. right? Right? Once you make it Facebook official, it's it's it's, it's in cement at that point. Yeah, no, I'm back with it. 
Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And yeah. so you felt relieved when yeah. you when you got there, though, right? Did, didn't it just feel like you finally knew who you were? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because growing up, my brother was always like, oh, you're gay because you don't have a boyfriend. I used to be like, well, I'm going to get a boyfriend. I mean, Kemi never got a boyfriend, so. I was going to say, have you, were you ever with men? Have you ever been with a man? I've been with a man sexually, not in a relationship. Okay. And, um, yeah, I think the more I slept with men, the more I realized I was gay. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought there was something wrong with me because all my friends were, like, I've said this a million times already, I think, but, like, my friends are always like, oh, it just feels so good. It feels so good. And I was sitting there going, that doesn't feel good to me at all. <laughs> like, I don't I'm know like, what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Literally, like, your good must be different because I'm not feeling anything. <laughs> yeah, it was anything. horrible. It was horrible. It was a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enjoyment. Yeah, and, and half the time I had to be, you know, plastered to, to enjoy it. Um, there was a lot of alcohol oh, yeah. or, you know, weed involved. Uh yeah, even with that, I was still like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, even even when I was intoxicated or, or elevated, um, I never enjoyed it. I, it just helped me get through it <laughs> more than anything. Literally. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. That's so sad. <laughs> so you started, um, what age did you start doing, like, the, the body positive stuff? How did you get involved with that? So... This is like a pretty new thing. Like I've always, don't get me wrong, I've always loved to inspire people and tell them that they're beautiful and you should just be yourself. But I was not being honest with myself. And um, I went to, like, I'm always trying to work myself, but something within me wasn't wasn't enough. And then a few months ago, I shaved off my hair because I've wanted to do it for so long. And it you are a gorgeous girl with me. no hair. Just so you know, I looked at your page oh. and I was like, look at her. Oh, my God. Like, you are gorgeous. Oh, stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> You're good. Good. You, you should blush every day of your life, love. Every day someone should make you blush. Oh, stop it. <laughs> what did um. it? What did it? I, okay, so I just watched. Um, I don't know what movies that come out in America actually, you know, come out there. But there's this one called Napoli Ever After, and I just watched it. Yeah. Did, have you seen it? I watched it, I think, like two days ago. Okay, so was was it that for you when you shaved off your hair, or was it just a, I'm shaving off my hair? It was 100% that. Like, when I saw the trailer for that, I was like, literally my life. Like, literally. Crazy. Like, someone's following me <laughs> like yeah. the scene that I resonated with so much is when she's actually shaving it off and yeah. you know you just you're crying because you're so happy and you like feel so free and you look a little bit crazy but that's okay because you're shaving off all the negativity and all the stress and all the anxiety and then all of a sudden it's like you're reborn and there you are they they are faces like you you are you and you're just taken off like i guess that's how buzz Lightyear must feel when he just takes off his helmet like he's probably like Phew. yeah you did that yeah. Isn't it, isn't it crazy how much something like just your hair can control so much of your being? It is disgustingly crazy. Like, I, I can't even... There would literally be days where I just wouldn't want to leave the house because I, my hair is not going right. I was like... And obviously having ethnic hair, confused hair because I have so many different nationalities within me. Like... My hair just, it, it, it wasn't like beautiful, curly, mixed race hair, and it wasn't like straight hair. It was just like after a hurricane and a tree's been hit kind of hair. So I was just like, oh, so stressful. It was never satisfied with it. Never. Yeah, and now and now you wake up every morning and you don't have to worry about that anymore. And I mean, you have to feel beautiful with the way that you look right now, right? I feel literally so sassy every day while they wake up but I'm like girl you fine congratulations on that feeling love that's an awesome accomplishment in life I bet you feel amazing (laughs) with it thank you yeah I really do and it just rocketed my confidence so much yeah which is I think why I'm where I'm at now because of it because after that I was like I can do things like I really can do things which is how I ended up going to this body positive um, workshop 
it was also an audition for um, Miss Curvaceous UK, which is a pageant for plus-sized girls, which I'm still waiting to hear back because everyone crossed their fingers and toes yes, and everything. Yeah, sending good vibes. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I went to that, and it just opened my eyes so much. And I can't even express being in a room with so many other women lifting you up and literally cheering they don't even know you and they are cheering you on like they are your biggest biggest fans like it was just such an empowering feeling I was just like oh I was like if this is a drug then I'm gonna take it every damn day like yeah it was amazing (laughs) and yeah they they said they had a question that day and it was like you know like who's who's confident enough to wear a bikini and about two literally two people from a packed room put their hands up I was like well I'm not about to put my hand up because you ain't going to catch me in one of them (laughs) but then I thought that I was like that's really sad so that's really really sad I've seen you in a bikini there's pictures of you on your Instagram in a bikini and love you look fabulous (laughs) thank you yeah that was like the second time I've ever worn one well, you no, carry it, it well. So you, you, ha- you, you, in the pictures, you look confident and you look like you've worn that several times. I would have never guessed that that was your second time wow. wearing a bikini ever. So thank you did a you so great much. job of wearing that bikini. Oh, thank you. That means a lot, you know. Thank you, really. But yeah, I think after doing that first event with um, my Curve UK movement, I was just like, this needs to happen all the time. And don't get me wrong, like, I know our, our name is Curvy K, but our motto is the best curve on your body is your smile. So it's not really about how big or how small you are. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, because everything stems from the mind. So it's like, what can we do to help you feel comfortable within the body that you have to produce such a beautiful smile? Because that is your best makeup. It is your best signature. And if you wear that every day, the effect you'll have on other people is just going to grow. It's going to be immense. It's going to be beautiful. And the next thing you know, everyone's going to be smiling and living their best lives. Yeah, that's amazing. I I really, I you know, I wish I lived closer to you because I wish I could be more involved (laughs) in this. It makes me want to get involved in what you're doing. That's so amazing. So this event that you just did, it it was like a runway show. Am I right? Uh, That was the... um, That wasn't my event. That was just um, a London fashion show um, that I was in for, you know, showing off diversity. Oh, okay. It wasn't... So that was a different event that I'm thinking about. Yeah. When did you do that event? Say that again, sorry? When did you do that event? Um, I'd done it, I think, a couple of weeks ago now. Nice. It would have been when um, London Fashion Week was in. But that was... I. That was incredible anyway, but it was just double incredible because I wore a bikini down a runway and I felt on top of the world and it was such a liberating moment. And it, it was just... I can't even describe it. I just felt like I was flying afterwards. I was like, can I believe I just done that? Anybody else? (laughs) Because I did. (laughs) That's awesome. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you were were in a bikini and heels, if I remember the pictures correctly. Oh, yeah. And let me tell you something about heels, because at that first confidence workshop I went to, I cried because I had to wear heels and I couldn't wear heels. I cried. I had, like anxiety, I had to leave the room. <laughs> it oh, was yeah. so dramatic for me. I was like, what? And then a few weeks later I'm in a fashion show and I'm walking down there in heels, in a bikini. I was like, girl, bye, look what you just accomplished. Right, like, that's a huge you. accomplishment, especially in two weeks. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's so, so crazy. Awesome. So what future events do you have for the uh, the the body positive group? Oh, there's so many, I have so many ideas and it's just about, um, work, you know, talking to my team and working out how we go about doing these things. I don't really want to say too much because I'm not sure which one's going to be coming next because I haven't really gotcha. ordered them because, you know, and I, I want some of those to be a surprise, but make sure you check out at Curve UK on Instagram to keep updated with that. 
everyone listening. Yeah, I'll put I'll put your um, I'll put the name of your your group um, in the def- the definition of this show, so way people oh, can amazing. go and they can go look at it and they can you know get involved. Um, you know, even yeah. us women in America could benefit from this for sure. So Absolutely. you know, who knows? You know, it, it'd be nice to get other women involved that can you know provide i feel like women butcher each other so much that when you find women that are actually willing to help you build up you should hold on to them because they're they're special and um i I try to do that i try to always make sure i compliment my friends i compliment other women um you know if i see a girl out that has pretty hair i'll go tell her you have beautiful hair or if i see a girl yeah yeah or if i see a girl out that has a really cool outfit on i'll tell her like that's a badass outfit you know i don't have any problem complimenting other women i feel like jealousy has kind of taken over and women have forgotten that it's okay to like what somebody else has that you might not have Oh, yeah. And the one thing you just have to remember is that if women are being like that towards you and being just nasty, going out of their way to be nasty, you just have to remember that that's just a reflection of them. That has nothing to do with you. Absolutely nothing. If you're walking your most confident self and someone, they feel, oh, I can't do that, they're going to try and bring you down. So when someone's hating at you it's because they want to be it's because they want to be in a position that you're in so really you just have to say thank you and let you tell them you know i hope things get better for you and maybe yeah give them a compliment because that like that's the only way you're going to move forward from it like you can't take it personally because their comments are really from their personal place it's but they're going to try and you know shoot you down but it's, it's not really you, babes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really I, I've had someone come at me before, and my response to them was simply, "I'm sorry that you feel that way about yourself." And you know, I don't know. Oh, what, yeah. I don't know what you know. Drop you must mine. be talking to a mirror, <laughs> basically, because I, yeah. I, I, I was talking to you before we started recording about the fact that I am working through my own body, body positive stuff. Yeah. I just put that post up on Instagram, which was a really hard thing for me. I've had. Um, two kids my kids were bigger so I have a lot of stretch marks I have a lot of extra skin on my stomach and so it doesn't really matter how flat I get my stomach um, it's always going to have that and so it will never be what people I guess consider perfect and I don't I don't want to look at it look at my body the rest of my life thinking that it's not perfect I want to look at my body thinking you know what there's a reason for this I gave birth to two amazing children and you did the most beautiful natural thing you can do on this earth the most purest thing you can do on this earth like if people have something negative to say about that you just have to remind them do you know what your mum went through that as well and you're out there cussing other women because of it for doing something that is so beautiful and so natural and now they have a story to tell like bish bye yeah yeah well it's it's funny because I too have issues with wearing bikinis I live in Florida and so here we go to the beach all the time I every day that I can go to the beach I go to the beach it's sunny year round so it could be December or it could be June and I can go to the beach and tan and enjoy it oh you know what hey you know if you want to I'm actually planning on being in the keys for Christmas so if you want to uh, join me you're always welcome to come and hang out yeah if you have a passport and you have the means to get here the hotel is cheap i've got two beds i've been looking for people that want to go because i feel like it'll be i I don't have family to spend christmas with so i'm going to my happy place for christmas and so you're always welcome if you want to come down for christmas it's going to be 80 degrees and i'm going to be down in the keys (sighs) doing water sports all day long so you are more than welcome come and join me (laughs) so yeah so but when I go to the beach like I wear a dress over my bikini I like to wear a bikini for the fact that I like to tan my stomach and so I I walk up away from people and I wait until I've walked up away from people to take my dress off and start tanning because I'm so self-conscious about my belly and I don't want anybody to see it so 
like just recently you know what? more I've got, I'm trying to get more confident in that I am I'm trying to I, I I took two friends to the beach the other day and normally I will not take off my dress when I bring people to the beach and I did the other day because I wanted to get into the water so bad and it was the perfect day for it I know so I'm working on it so you give me hope like you you have no idea the fact that you're telling me that the bikini became something that was like empowering I want to feel that I want to yeah. feel empowered in my bikini with the body that I have the something that I've um, observed in this world is that it doesn't really matter what size you are and what you're wearing but if you know you feel confident or even if you don't know if you fake the confidence people will automatically be like wow she's working that you know why she's working it because she's just working it she's not doubting herself or what she looks like like if you're walking with your shoulders up and your chin like shoulders back and your chin up and you say no i like this outfit i feel good in this people are going to be like you know what i love the fact that you feel good in it if you walk in like you you're ashamed of being in it then people are going to see that they're going to pick up on it so it's not just about how you look but it's about the energy you carry because yeah. the energy you carry can be the most confident thing yeah like yeah i agree with you 100 percent on that for sure and you just gotta fake it till you become it because it's like any other kind of muscle memory you know it's all creating a habit it's creating a habit a confident habit habits don't have to be bad yeah yeah exactly good habits are really good <laughs> like yeah. I do good habits all the time I feel like um that's something that I've tried to do in my life is come up with the good habits and keep them as habits so yeah habits aren't always bad yeah for sure you're on a good journey just believe in it believe in yourself believe in the journey and just don't stop yeah there's no point going back because you can't ever change it so you just gotta keep going forward gotta yeah. just keep swimming yeah. 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 Do you know how many times a day I say that in my head? <laughs> and then and then, and, and then I feel like Dory sometimes I'm like, oh look a fish. Oh wait, no, hold on. Okay, we're we're going this way. I totally have that. I'm totally I'm totally that human. <laughs> it's awesome that you just said that. So um you've been with women for quite some time now. Um what's your favorite thing about being with a woman? I think my favorite thing is being with a woman that is so in touch with their emotions and you can just sit and you can go into these like beautiful in-depth spiritual conversations which I feel like you probably can't do with many men just because you know they want like a very basic um wavelength half the time or they're scared of their feelings but I really like being with someone that is just so in depth and just so lyrical and just so emotional in a beautiful way. I'm not talking about, you know, just a crazy old something, something like yeah. getting out, but someone that is just in control and just like, just that gentle feminine touch and like the natural caringness and the, the softness that comes with being a woman and being feminine. Feminine. Yeah. Um, obviously, not, I'm not saying that like, all women are feminine because we all have different elements of like masculinity and femininity. femininity. Oh, it's a bit late, you know, my tongue's getting a bit tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say. But yeah, like just the just the the gentle aura that you get and the comforting aura that you get and and, and their body just I don't know, something like that skin to skin. I don't know, body women's bodies are just so like gentle and yeah. Even 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 the studs, even the ones that are more on the masculine side, I think that's part of the reason that I like studs so much is because you have you have that 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 secure masculinity, like that protective masculinity, but it's a woman, so you have that like like woman's touch. Yeah. Soft hug. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. um, I cast was like my first ex, she was quite masculine, but there was just something so like so beautiful you know you're just like laying on top of chest and that you just have like the soft skin but you're in very like secure safe hands at the time do you know what I mean like it's just it's just beautiful it really is 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for uh, calling me so late and interviewing with me. I really appreciate (laughs) you. Anytime. Thank you for inviting me to do this. Yes. I I really, uh, I'll go ahead and make sure that when I um, put everything up in Instagram, I'm going to add all of your pages so people can find you instantly. Um, Thank you. And uh, yeah, one more time. Go ahead and tell everybody your personal and the Curves um, Instagrams. Okie dokie. So my personal Instagram, ladies, (laughs) is at officially Kemi. That's K-E-M-I, officially Kemi. And then our body and mind positive movement is at Curve UK, all one word. And I hope to see you all there in either of those inboxes. Yes, DM. definitely. Let's. I would. I would really like. Um, maybe. <laughs> maybe mean you can even do a collab. I, you know, I'm a graphic designer as well, so maybe I can just at least benefit your community Amazing. with some of that. So that way we can. Uh, yes. Because I feel the need to give to your your cause. You have a beautiful cause that you're fighting for, and I'm so thankful for women like you in this world. Oh, thank you. And, so blessed. Um, Listeners, thank you for listening to our conversation. I hope everybody has had an amazing Saturday. I know I have. And uh, yeah, till next week. Peace. Bye. Watch me make a bow